This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter. Send you off in style. We wanna welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Mouthhorn. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, Karen. Hi, Chris. How's it going? I am great. I'm back. I'm back in town. I've been I've been uh, gone for a month and a half. And, I know. And I'm back in my hot apartment, and it feels weird. Welcome to um, straight up 110 degree L.A., yeah. Free summer. This is not our usual summer. Usually gets hot in October, mm-hmm. but we're not doing that anymore. No. The polar ice caps are melting. Yeah, thanks. Water levels are coming up. All because of bodies are ice is melting and bodies are being discovered in the Alps the and tundras, other places. Tundras are being disturbed. You're not Bacterias supposed to. Bacteria are being released. A lot of algae is no longer. No. Many breeds of wolf have become extinct. Or are being hunted like yeah, they are in Yellowstone. Because they kill deer and deserve de- it. Deer are they deserve, for, it. they deserve it. One Victim morally. Blaming. Also, deer are for humans to shoot. That's what <laughs> the governor of Montana, uh, a guy that got elected because he punched a reporter. I think it yeah. helped him win. He punched a guy and everyone's like, I, I remember like that the, guy. I like the yeah. cut of this guy's jib. Sure? And the, and uh, he he made it. He he wants people to be able to kill wolves. <laughs> I also I <laughs> think the first also, thing he mentioned because I'm referencing this the same article maybe that uh, encompassed this story that they changed the law and made it legal to hunt wolves in Yellowstone Park because they were becoming a problem. And apparently that you said the governor of Montana mm-hmm. or this. Yeah. Um, he was one of the people killing them, I think. Oh, sure, sure. He seems like a safari guy. Someone that has <laughs> a ivory belt buckle, maybe. <laughs> maybe a elephant foot as a stool. I've seen those. <laughs> you just sit or on the... Or an umbrella. 
umbrella holder elephant foot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, it's a, the biggest, most beautiful mammal to, to die so you can store your umbrellas in style. Look, guys, audience, we need to let you know we've listed off uh, so many negative things yeah. just right at the top, only because we know that our guest today is going to counter all those negative vibes with these incredibly positive ones. And normally, we inform our guests before we record that we will bring them into the conversation. Claire is a professional, and she's waiting patiently in the wings, even though we didn't say, hey, we're going to chat for a couple yeah. minutes. No, she gets context clues. She understands yeah, she the does. back and forth yep, of normal yep. conversation. Because she's yeah. a professional in the business. She's, That's right. She's someone I very much enjoy watching stand, do stand-up. She plays clubs and colleges all so over So many this colleges. Currently a writer on Saturday Night Live from New York. Live from New York. Everyone, lend an ear now, won't you? To our, our guest today, Claire O'Kane. Hi, Claire. <laughs> Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Claire O'Kane from Live from New York. It's, comma, it's Saturday, Saturday night. night. That's the, they still, that's the name of the show, right? Yeah, since I think the um, 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, are you still working on that show? Yeah, I just got picked up for another hot season. That's Congratulations. great. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's great news. You're doing it. I'm doing it. Was that what you were trying to celebrate when you remember that you had to do this podcast <laughs> and seven people left your apartment? No. Um, so, you know, the the perils of having a friend visit from out of town uh, and yes, you're just very much so. kind of like, because you're such a good friend, you're so focused on there yeah. having a good time. Yeah. And this friend in particular, Megan Keister, hates New York, She's decided that oh. she hates it. And so I'm know. always like... She has to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she's having fun. She bought a fun dress. I Everyone was getting yes. ready in the background for this Broadway show <laughs> or something. And Claire can't go. She has to sit in her hot apartment. She has to stay and make bullshit conversation with us. <laughs> Honestly, don't tell him, but I'd rather do that than anything else. <laughs> Woo! Nice fun. Wait, Claire, can you just tell, give us a New York update. Is it also boiling hot in New York? Yeah. And what's it like uh, if we left your apartment and went out onto the street in New York right this now? This is can a, New paint York, us a little bit of a, a New York Minute with Claire O'Kane and go. Uh, okay, we're walking out of the door of my uh, a three-story uh, building. Not a brownstone, but <laughs> there are bricks in it. <laughs> and you walk out and then you s just kind of what hits you first is the stench of summer trash. Sure. Because not only is it, you know, when the my phone says it's 90 degrees, but it feels like 110. Yeah. That kind of vibe. Um, rats abound. Uh, there's a guy over there going, hey, don't fuck it. And uh, you know <laughs> he doesn't finish his sentence. <laughs> he just fades out. Yeah, or maybe he was in a, he was in a car and he just hey, don't yeah 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 you know <laughs> don't fucking you know. let her paint the picture. This I'm is really sorry. realistic. I want to do sound effects. <laughs> um, I'm walking down the street. I'll immediately start sweating from the below my boobs. It's dripping down. Yes. It's kind of collecting, um, creating sort of like a nice a line of. Mm -hmm kind of wet. Um, this is turning into a sultry uh, uh, a romance novel. 
Well, <laughs> well, just wait, because just then my Band-Aid falls off. Oh. <laughs> Finally. Purely from the humidity. <laughs> yeah. And I had to replace it with the Band-Aid that I had just in my little bag. <laughs> is it crazy humid? Yeah, it's pretty bad right now. The, just today is the first day where it's bearable to, to be outside for longer than an hour, but... And bad. are you from, where are you from originally? I'm from San Jose, California. Skate City. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Bay Area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this humidity and this kind, that kind of heat humidity combo is not anything you're used mm, to. No, no. I'm used yeah. to dry heat, dry valley mm-hmm. heat. <laughs> I think San Jose is like, it feels almost identical to LA geographically. Yeah. That's the vibe. Isn't it called Skate City? Didn't you skate for when you were younger? I see. Yeah, I still skate every once in a while when my knees don't click. But uh, you and I skated in Denver together, and both of us hadn't done it for a long time. We did, and but we you're d- good at it. We just started watching. Well, I've been trying to stick with it. I've made yeah. like an effort lately, the last few years. But at that time, you and I both were like, I don't remember how to even stand on this thing. Yeah, but it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. So you skated at Cesar Chavez Park? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've is, that a famous, in is that a famous spot? I've just skated in San Jose before. I know oh, about... Okay, yeah. Yeah, Jose Rojo, the old... The Tilt Mode the, Army. I know all about that team. stuff. I'm a real... Yeah. The way people talk about football, I can bore you to tears with with skateboarding. Yeah, I can as well. A lot of useless <laughs> knowledge about yeah. shoes and whose mm-hmm. shoes is whose. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Karen, do you skate? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about me. You guys can talk about skating. No, it, Karen does reveal over the years she has revealed an interest in skating. And it, it, it each time it makes me very excited, but she doesn't overdo it. Well, mm. because first of all, I, in the eighties, that was being a poser is the worst thing you could possibly be. So, 100%. like, you could not even approach if you weren't doing it. You couldn't like talk about it as if you did. That that's so for these days. Like kids these days are like, you read one article on the internet, and suddenly you're the expert about writing. You know, dramatic short short limit, limited series for <laughs> Netflix or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm from a different time, but then also it was a little bit of just um, spying on boys who skated and that very specific vibe of skating, which was very alluring, which was that skater boys were nice and they were chill and they were basically stoners, but that kind of translated in my teen years, which was, you know, literally the mid eighties, very, a very violent time. It, they almost seemed like Zen masters where it'd mm. be like a security guard would come and be like, get the fuck out of here. And they'd be like, be cool, man. And then I'd be like, <laughs> oh my God, you yell back. How did you do that? Like, you know what I mean? It, they yeah. just seemed like amazing otherworldly dudes. And they had long hair before anyone had it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. there was, it was mm-hmm. a fascinating world. Yeah, and a lot of people don't give skateboarding uh, uh, credit for being at the forefront of many fashions, including hip hop fashions, which I could talk about for hours. <laughs> but snooze fest, am I right? What a snooze festival that'd be! Oh goodness, I was I was started. definitely surprised at how sensitive, specifically sensitive, I guess is the word I'll use, skate boys were. 
they really felt it all. They felt it deeply and they had to hurt themselves in order <laughs> to kind of feel alive. Yeah. And uh, I'm down with that. Yeah. Entirely. <laughs> yeah. That's like, you might as well be a poet. You might as well be there with a quill and just be like, let's do this thing. Because exactly. what something I learned when I was older was, yeah, a lot of those kids skateboarding was the thing that you could do like right outside your house. You didn't need a ride anywhere. You didn't have to depend on anybody to get you there or pick you up, that the whole thing was a very kind of latchkey, independent child culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And or I have to get out of this fucking house because my stepdad is a monster culture or whatever. It like very much, uh, it was almost like formed by those kids that are like, can I just go down to the ravine for a while and <laughs> and get escape? Yeah, I, I always wonder and assume, I'm pretty sure I would have gotten into bad things if it wasn't for skateboarding with all my idle time and my parents weren't ever asking me where I was going, you know, I had all this freedom, but I just was skateboard meeting in parking lots with supportive friends. Thank God yeah. I was doing that. Instead <laughs> yeah. of, you know, catching this reefer madness or going to <laughs> church or something else that would have sucked me into a, <laughs> a dangerous <laughs> arena. I'm just kidding. Church the only two things church you could have done. Yeah, that's it in my town. <laughs> But the one thing I do, like when I was a kid and we'd get these Eastern exposure videos like skating in New York and Philadelphia and you'd see that it was so rough and so like cobblestony potholes and like you said, piles of garbage. Apparently, every time I've been to New York, the garbage people are on strike and there's just stinky piles of <laughs> Heathcliff fish. And, <laughs> and it's so rough. Where do you go when you roll around now? Where do you go to well, skateboard? I kind of, I, I'm kind of just literally rolling around these days on my little zip zinger. And oh yeah, yeah. I just go. I'm riding in the bike lanes. They're relatively smooth. Every yeah. once in a while, I'll go I'll go to a park called Betsy Head. Betsy head. Yeah, and uh, but it's got nice transition. It's got pools, and that's all I can really do is kind of pump my way around these. Yeah, around these great. pools. That's the funnest thing you can do. Yeah, and then school gets out, and I get really scared <laughs> of all the teens. <laughs> I get yeah, really self conscious, yeah. and then one of them asks for a cigarette, and I go, I gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> this thirteen year old's too cool for me. I have to hit the bricks. Very yeah. scary. Very scary. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get back into it. That's great. otherwise I'm I'm sedentary. Yeah, me too. I I gotta do it just because it's the only thing that makes me sweat. I'm glad to hear that you've been skating again. Claire, do you think that New York and Los Angeles are different? And if you do, <laughs> how? Whoa, I've never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I would say. New York is, um, there's a lot to do. It's good. New York is good for a busy mind. It's a good mm. place to, to quiet a busy mind, which I have. LA yeah. is bad for a busy mind. Wide open spaces is wide, is wide open bad brains. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to sound, um, smart. Uh, it's working. It's working. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Just generally, I mean, different versions of the same people everywhere, all around yeah. the country, always, all around the world. Big cities. Yes. Every big city is kind of the same at this point. 
everybody's got an M&M store. You got a, <laughs> ni- ni- uh, <laughs> you got a Nike uh, warehouse. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. New-, New York, London, San Francisco. <laughs> we're all going to the M&M store. <laughs> we're buying them in bulk. We yeah. love them. We hardly ever get yeah. them. I didn't yeah. even, we need to yeah. get them this way. It's so important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I leave New York, I some just inexplicably buy a Swatch watch. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> a Swatch store. Yeah. If it has a big, tall front yeah. and a character hanging off or anything, yeah. how can you not be a part of that? I, got, that- I, I walk right towards candy colors, no matter what it is, be it watch <laughs> or candy. Like, you know what it makes me think of is, does L.A. have an M&M store? I don't think it has a, f- a, a featured Ooh. and publicly accessible... Maybe, but it's probably at Universal and you have to park, pay $25 to go. Yeah, might as well be a private <laughs> yeah. Definitely is a city walk situation. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. All, like, because, you know, New York and London have like the square, that one square where everybody goes. <laughs> Times. <laughs> New York, it's Times. It's translated as Times. In New yeah, York. Yep. London is the other one. Uh, I guess LA doesn't really have the, the walkability of that big kind of a city feeling, but no. So uh, there, therefore, no M and M's readily available. Something to think about. You went yeah. there like f- what five years ago? Six? Yes, the, I moved here the day that Trump was inaugurated, and that's like the only Oof. date I can really remember. So you were pretty excited then when he went. You wanted to yes. go congratulate him. Oh, I was trying to get as close as possible. Yeah, just pacing yeah. around in front of his towers. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Trump, good job, mister. I loved you in Home Alone too. <laughs> Let me shake your hand, sir. Yeah. Why are you, uh, ow, why are you squeezing it so hard? Ow, Who taught ow. you to shake hands, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he doesn't really shake. He probably pinches. I think he it's yanks. more of a claw. It's, I watched a mashup. He grabs yeah. and yanks the person towards him, and it yeah. looks painful. <laughs> and that person always makes a weird face. And mm-hmm. I hope you got that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> one, one day, one of these days. One day, one day. Have I ever told on this podcast, told my Trump story? Boy, I, I'll, I'll stop you, interrupt you, of course. I'll, I'll do that anyway. Tell me if but, it's, this is a repeat. Okay, okay. But I think it's fun. Because it was so pre, it was in the early 2000s, and we went to record a bit in the Trump Tower in his offices for the Ellen Show. And it was it was basically an apprentice. It was supposed to be a cold open for one of her New York shows. So it was an apprentice-like spoof. Okay. And this was before Trump threatened us with his politics and was mostly just a good time, rich symbol guy right. in New York City. <laughs> And who had a TV show. And um, we walked in. So it was like me, another writer, and then the crew. And we get off the elevator. It literally is like 1981. And he walks up with cutout clippings in his hand of his ratings. And immediately starts telling the first man that he meets of like, last night we did 1.9 million or whatever the numbers were. He was just an elevator attendant, but he was a man. So he had to address (laughs) him first. Literally, it was like yeah. a cardboard cutout of a person. Yes, he had to address the man first. And also, it was this very strange, like, not even a hi, how are you? Nothing normal person-like. Yeah. He just came toward trying to find the, like, 
important person he needed to talk to and bragging about his ratings. It's It was so strange, and it just continued to be equally strange all day long. But, or, I mean, we were only there for a couple hours. I bet you've been well, in, a, I've, I haven't heard that at all. Yeah, you haven't told a lot of these Ellen stories. I wanted to save up, well, that, that one really is a Trump story. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then it, it just makes me go like, yeah, so many people included him as a joke. He became a part of the lexicon of this, this just this, oh, this, you know, he's a rich guy and he's mm-hmm. funny or he's fun or something. Yeah. When in fact he had, you know, since he began, like since the 80s, he'd never paid any workers. Like he yeah, yeah. like basically made it his job to rip off <laughs> like mm-hmm. contractors and workers in New York City. Like he should have gone to jail time and time again. <laughs> just like one of the most evil people before he even got into politics. Yeah, but you got to ride cool. in his golden Wonka Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Have you have you uh, been enjoying the SNL job? Is it fun? Is it exciting? Is it scary? Is it? It's all all of the above. Yeah. I when I first started working there, it was maybe the most terrified I've ever been. Sure. And I, I would immediately, yeah, I immediately reverted to like how I felt like first day of not even high school, first day of like middle school. Sure. Where I'm like, no one's talking to me. Why is no one talking to me? (laughs) Why is everyone talking to this person? Why are they talking to me? Like immediately freaking out and feeling uh, uh, self-conscious and inadequate. And I kind of figured out a way to explain to people how it feels where uh, this is how I see working at SNL, like your first week at SNL. It's like, you know, when you, um, you're taking a shit and you get really hot and you have to take off all your clothes. This is while you're walking around New York City. No, 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 no. No, this is just when you're, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Yeah. But, when you're like you're you're on the on the toilet, you're taking the shit, and you're like, oh my god, I just have to take off all my clothes. You take off all your clothes, and then you go, oh wait, I forgot to lock the door, but the toilet's too far away from the door, and then you go, oh no. Also, Lorne Michaels is coming to this part. <laughs> you're at a party, and then you remember, this oh, sounds I'm like at a, a party, dream. I would have and a Lorne bad Michaels dream. Michaels is coming to the party. <laughs> So it's basically like taking a shit with all with all your clothes off with the door unlocked at a Lauren Michaels party. And you're just like waiting for someone to walk in and see you totally. Because you feel hit. so vulnerable at all times. Extremely. I'm, some yeah. people don't, I'm sure, but I definitely did. How could they not, though? I think anyone that says yeah. they don't is a total fucking liar because yeah. that's... That show's been around since the 70s and like that yeah. it's a complete legacy in and of itself. So I think they're fronting if they're in any way trying to say, I got this on day one. Like, no yeah, fucking hell way. no. Because it's unlike mm-hmm. anything else. There's no other writer's room like it. There's no other, pr- like, it's it's insane. There's nothing else like it. Well, And people watch it and pay so much attention to it. Yeah, yeah. That it adds this element of pressure that like, you know, any staff writing job you've had before since has never, yeah, you're writing that show (laughs) naked and shitting at the party. Yeah. It's so funny. And I, one time I just, 
audition for it in front of a green screen thing. And I remember thinking I was, I was very scared. I would accidentally get it. <laughs> I like didn't want, I didn't want to get it. I think that it was when Bill Hader was the comic that got it that year. Uh, mm. And I was like relieved. So I was like, Oh, also he does impressions and everything. But I remember him being after years of being on and he was always on screen. It, he was like in everything. I remember him conversationally saying that he was scared every day. Like, it's just a high pressure. Like, every yeah. week, all, all that work, I, I think about it all the time, having no connection to it. But every week having to put together all that for a live play, basically, would be mm -hmm. so overwhelming. Yeah. You, you, and you're, every day you're kind of failing in big or small ways. Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the week to when you're trying to start, when you're trying to write with someone else, maybe they say, I, sorry, I can't write with you. And you go, okay. And then <laughs> maybe later in the week, your, your sketch doesn't get picked to go to read through. And you go, okay. <laughs> or, maybe, or, or maybe, maybe it does and it doesn't do very well. And maybe eats a little bit of shit and nobody looks you in the eye for a little bit. You know? Sure. <laughs> It All sounds right. like after this, you'll be able to do anything. That's, uh, I kind of feel that way now. Even yeah. in my short, the short amount of time I've been there, I'm like, oh, okay. Nothing could be harder than yeah. this. Well, and know. also I think there's part of what you're saying is you have to reinterpret what failure means. Yeah. Because that it actually doesn't work like that. And I think a lot of people go through life with this thing of like, I can't fail. You can't, I don't want to hear notes because I can't be wrong. Da, 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 where it's like, no, even though it's difficult, no one's saying it's not difficult. No one's saying it's not humiliating. But if you can actually like figure out what you didn't do right to fix it for the next time, because what I love about this is you've already told us you already got picked up. So all those little failings and those things that you felt clearly didn't add up to them being like, you're, you don't get how to work here. You fucking figured it out. So yeah. Yeah. you stayed in the moment of all those times. And yeah, there's going to be like just as much social bullshit as there is political bullshit or anything else because that's how people like keep their power or give give a little away or whatever so it's just like you basically surfed the big wave yeah i think that's yeah. really awesome i i yeah i'm pretty proud of myself knowing myself and how <laughs> i mean how how hard it's just been to kind of get by in general just like through my specific wonky little brain and the fact that I kind of got through it without fully breaking down, I'm I'm pretty pretty stoked about. So now that I know how to accept this specific these specific kinds of failures, it really makes it much easier. Because they're not they're not really failure. Because right. they're not. Because they're not. They're really not. Yeah. There's a version of that that with stand up, like I am pretty hard on myself with every show, but it's me telling myself, if someone else came up and said, "Hey, that joke doesn't work." Don't tell it anymore. I would get so defensive. That's mm. why I don't I don't think I would ever thrive in an <laughs> office. I've never really had a boss. Yeah. Yeah. And if I did, I'd just ignore them and do what I wanted. Uh so I <laughs> yeah, I can't it it really what the job you have really it would be very exciting, I'm sure, but it would scare me well, so also, much. Also, there's those people that like went to har you know, there's all the Harvard Lampoon people where there's some people who have been trained in this kind of like 
interactive politics and the kind of like the politics of the workplace and interpersonal stuff mm-hmm. where they, you know, I always think about that when I meet people who I can tell are really good at like keeping even, keeping fair, keeping non-reactive, where it's like, was your father a fucking ambassador or something? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had a hot-headed fireman dad who yells to solve all problems. And it's like, and that doesn't work 50 to 90% of the time. So then what do you do? And there are people who really came with like 1,000 beautifully crafted tools yeah. for them to get through bullshit or use them against other people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm always like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, yeah. There's people who are like high level in that regard. I didn't he, know. Yeah. When I moved to LA, I didn't know there was such a thing as like comedy college, <laughs> like your Emerson's or the Lampoon thing and people that have those tools and confidence. And it's like, oh, I thought you just did open mics like me, but you got straight yeah. A's in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> of course you're going to be mean to me. You UJ majored Novak. in Eugene Merman. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that, Karen, because Rosebud Baker, who is also a new writer and a great stand-up, she, she started the same time I did. And she's really good at talking to authority figures and, like, people in charge. And I'm like, wow, you're so good at that. And she's like, my family's in the government. Like, I know how to talk oh. to, to politicians, essentially. Yep. Like, so I'm like, oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Because whenever I see someone, like, in a suit, I'm like, fuck you, pig, or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, uh, I'm trying to have compassion for rich people, and uh, it's, it's, it's working out just fine. <laughs> can I just tell you, not that you need advice from me, but can I just tell you in my exact same thing where I had a friend tell me, my friend Paige, um, who was like, we were working on a show that was super fucked up and like there was a lot of problems. And I was just constantly furious because my like the writing department couldn't get any other shit done because there was all these crazy things happening. And I went into her office because she was the EP to complain or whatever. And then she was like, God, you're so easy to manipulate. All Mm -hmm. you have to do is make you mad. And then you're just like, and then you're just gone for the day. And then I was like, ooh, thank, good point. Thank you. Because it's that thing where it's like, I'm making myself available to be manipulated Hmm. if I am going to be that reactive. So like figuring out that way, and it's real hard because a lot of this is personality shit. But if you can figure out how to be step back and like witness shit instead of actually being right there, like it's me and my... Whether or not I'm valued, you get to decide in this moment because we're in this hallway or whatever. And it's like, fuck that shit. You already got that job. Like, yeah. you have respect for your bosses or whatever, but you also don't have to, like, you don't have to keep getting the job. Yeah. I always just sure. stayed out of the hallways. <laughs> Those common areas. Yeah. Just stay out of the hallways. Stay at my That's- station. Try not to make eye contact. Yeah. It's all high school. It is, isn't it? Just stare at your locker. Don't look around. But I didn't know everyone thought I was cool in high school until like 20 years later. So I need to remember really? that. And then they're oh, like, yeah, hey, you're the everyone... cool guy. Yeah. Then I remembered, you know, I've already mentioned to Karen, but yeah. Okay. Junior year, I was home- homecoming prince. It's not a big deal. Oh. But I well. thought everyone hated me even after that. <laughs> I know I always bring that up, Karen. Yeah. Homecoming. <laughs> I didn't know that came with... Uh, things you had to do, like show up at a football game or a dance 
I just thought you did it and got to stay home. So I got in trouble. But anyway, I thought high school was horrifying. And then in retrospect, I'm like, why? Why did I? I, I think it's just my brain. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was supposed to be fun. And maybe jobs are supposed to be fun. Nah. I just need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> yeah, I, I like my bosses and I like my job and I like my, I have my own office. It's just like a weird, just a, a life I never really thought I'd be living. That's so cool. And then do yeah. you all meet and riff together? Is it fun to like... Oh, all aboard the riff train 24-7. I mean, it, you know, and everyone's got their own style. It just, it's... It's crazy because you, especially in like read-throughs on Wednesdays, you hear some of the funniest things ever written. And then a lot of those things don't get to the show, of course. Mm -hmm. But you're just like, wow, these really are like, these people are really good at what they do. Yeah. And that's extremely validating to just be around those people. Yeah. As someone that I know doesn't force your like personality on people, which is why I like you, Mm -hmm. did you have to learn to like, yell out your ideas like because i i think i'm too quiet in those situations and i kept telling myself just say if it's good say it but it's hard to know what's good and so a lot of times i get shy yeah luckily i i had had been in writer's rooms before this job i think if i hadn't this would be a whole different story and i probably wouldn't have been picked up again but uh i did have some writing experience before and i wrote on shrill for two seasons with 80 Bryant and that's how I kind of I guess how I got the job and uh, Mm -hmm. before that I wrote on Spongebob and um, yeah so from that from those experiences which were both very different shows obviously like I don't know I learned how to when to talk when I knew when my ideas were fully formed enough to say them yeah and to like you know like it's all about, it helps to do stand-up, have, having done stand-up too, to be in a writer's room because you know the, your timing, you know the beats of when to interject. And um, so I don't have a, a problem doing that, luckily. And it's it's one of my more favorite, it's one of my favorite things to do, I think, in the job. Yeah, using your comedic ability, like timing, yeah, to deliver yeah. jokes in front of just a different version of an audience, basically. Totally. And if I eat shit the rest of the week, I know that I've, you know, at least made some people laugh or I, you know, got some jokes in other people's sketches from Mm -hmm. punching them up. So, yeah. That part sounds really fun, actually. Okay, I'm no longer scared of your job. Okay, good. (laughs) I'll be there Monday. That's that's all that matters. Yes, yes. I needed this therapeutically. Thank you, both of you. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite part when you're not working? Uh, like, what's your favorite thing to do? Or is there any place you've discovered yeah. in New York City that you didn't know about before? Like that mm. park. <laughs> what's uh, it called? Leicester but- Square. <laughs> <laughs> Trafalgar Square with the M&M stores. Um, when I'm not working, I'm mostly watching movies. My mm-hmm. my hus- husband is an AMC Stubbs member, and uh, he's oh. he's well, almost well, well. <laughs> daily saying, "Hey, you want to go see Bullet Train or whatever?" <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so, kind of every day, I'm eating a huge bucket of popcorn, watching Bullet nice. Train, and um, I don't know. I mean. 
mostly I just like walking around the city and I, for a while I had a, a podcast of my own, uh, not, <laughs> not to brag, but um, <laughs> where I would, easy. when I first moved to New York, I'd go to different parks and just sit at, like on a park bench and talk to myself into my phone and talk about what I was seeing and all that. So I've gone to many parks in the city. Um, I think my favorite is Tompkins Square Park. So pretty. It's so pretty. Every once in a while you see like Patty Smith kind of uh, lugging a bag around or whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> lugging, lugging she, just like a, she a lives right bag. there. She just that's how she works out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a bunch of books she needs to read or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know, that's it's kind of what I do. Just sit on a bench and with my I don't know iced green tea and look around and take it all <laughs> now, in. Now, can I ask a quick New York question? Because um, <laughs> I, I feel like I remember Tompkins Square Park. Do you need a key? It, like there was a thing and I think my friend lived in that neighborhood where it's like only certain people have keys to the park. So only certain people can no be way. actually inside. Am I thinking of a different park? And also, do they still do that? That's probably a different park. Although maybe at some point it was like that because it's in... Uh, Almost, it's I guess alf- almost Alphabet City or Lower East Side. Just, I, I don't remember the name of the. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> actually, never been there. Um, yeah, no, but I've seen parks like that, but they're they're much smaller and almost like um, co co y vibe, where like everyone you can plant your own things in there. And, oh, cool! Right. Yeah, they almost bushes. feel like they're leftover from the Gilded Age where they were probably like all the horse carriages had to go around one direction and that was just what was in the middle. They're that small. So it's yeah. like, I think that's what I'm thinking of, which, yeah. Yeah, having your own key. The, the, I was always offended by in Santa Monica, you couldn't, to it at a dog park in Santa Monica, you couldn't bring your Venice dog. You had to have like paperwork and they had <laughs> some chaperone there that was like, where do you live? Are you, is that Santa Monica dog? Like they seriously enforced it. Whoa. And I was like, get me out of here. Check her tags. Yeah. Whoa. Check, I'm going back to Venice, you uppity snob. That's what I said. That's what you, you walk that dog, let that dog take a shit, put that shit in a bag, walk back over, huck it over the fence, over the <laughs> woman's it. head. Here you go. Huck it. This is what you get. Hook it. <laughs> Did you actually see Bullet Train? No, I didn't. I, I just bring that up because he, he asked me to go the other day and I uh, I said no. <laughs> you said but absolutely not. I normally am I'm all up in it. Yeah. Have you seen Ambulance? Ambulance. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about it. There's a I lot of those. But I met the guy, the J- Jake Gyllenhaal hosted SNL. Oh. I was working and he was really nice. Nice. Long story short. Did you get to chat with him or did you do just like a hallway high five or? Yeah. I got to chat with him. You know, he comes, sits in my office and I go, what do you want to do? And he goes, I don't know. And I go, okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I asked him, he was talking about, you know, he was on this worldwide um, uh, ambulance tour or whatever, having to, to talk about this movie. And I was just like, how do you not, fall asleep at any moment. Like, how are you, how do you have energy, especially going from like Japan to wherever, to wherever. And his 
advice was like, don't start anything. Don't start your day until like 11 a.m. Wherever you are, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. is a good hour okay. <laughs> to to start doing stuff or like for your first in, engagement with the world. And I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. And then I asked if he, he he takes any vitamins or anything like that. He's like, no, sometimes I take melatonin. <laughs> all right. <laughs> melatonin. They're just, they're just like us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> vitamins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then he's like, okay, fine, I'll be honest. Tons and tons of very high-grade cocaine on mm-hmm. private planes. That's how everyone <laughs> I <does>. knew it. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I think, Joan, I think he's great. When, after the end of the week, did, did you guys hug? I, I would, yeah, we I'd, did. I'd like to hug him. You did hug? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd hug Jill and all. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him. <laughs> I'll tell Sorry. him you said that. So no, no, I just, I just something I blurted out. Hey, Jake, just this, send an email. Yes, I'll, I'll email him. This guy I know who I talk to about skateboarding once a year says that he would like to hug you as a, as a friend. Tell him as a friend. I as a know, friend, just a normal hug. I hug, I hug my friends, and I, I think that he and I could be friends. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You know the guys. thing that I do. The thing that I do love. But this is kind of remind me of it because I feel like your this job is like kind of opening you up to like celebrities as real people mm-hmm. uh, or as regular kind of regular people, mm-hmm. people whoever's in the hallway. But I always found New York City. Anytime I visited there, I. One of my favorite things is just walking around and just like seeing what's going on. Yeah. I always would spot celebrities that no one was pay- looking at or paying attention to. And it's my one of my favorite things about that city. It's so packed and people are so busy with their own shit mm-hmm. that they're they just focus on what they need to get doing. They don't care that that person is standing right there. Yeah. I love it so much. It's like, yeah, that city is just so fucking cool. And I've I always felt like just walking around, watching people rush to wherever they're going. I I was confronted by how lazy I am here in LA. I'm like, oh, these everyone is getting shit done here. Maybe I should move here for a little while just so it lights a fire under my ass to have yeah. a work ethic of some kind. That's how I feel. It definitely propels you forward no matter yeah. what. And I let, like... I think the New York streets and like the subway system are kind of the great equalizer where everyone has to walk on the new same New York street. Everyone has to take the same trains unless they're, you know, uber rich and can take helicopters or whatever to Manhasset. But I I don't (laughs) know, like it's really interesting to me and it's, it, it's nice that you can't, you can't ignore each other at all. Everyone. Right? Everyone's like, you know, in their own lane and kind of doing their own thing, but you can't ignore like the humanity around you. Right. Yeah. And pretty much everyone takes the subway, right? Like it's not. Yeah, I think so. For some reason, I, I, I felt like it was complicated and I didn't know. I was asking too many questions before I went down there. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even. And the turnstiles, should I be? How do they work? It just took me a while to figure it out. But after a few days, I was like, I totally live here. And yeah, yeah, everyone does it. Everyone's on it. They, yeah. LA doesn't have something like that. It you can know, be public transit. Super, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can Seriously. be super intimidating also because the people that are on it and using it, like use it every day, it's their commute. I saw a girl get stuck in a... T- 
<laughs> the inside turnstile. So the one that's like full body, <gasps> top to bottom. Cage. She had she had her bags with her, and she clearly was from not from New New York City. And so she had like three shopping bags that she had tried to shove in to the little cage with her. And it <laughs> stopped turning, and people were just pressing from the other side. And she was just standing at it going. Stop it, everybody! Stop it! And it's literally like five o'clock commute traffic. I, I like I didn't even have time to really ogle her enough to be like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen because I had to keep going. But it was like that poor girl, and that could have been me like three months ago. It really does like if it, you have to know you can't be you can't be messing around in a thing like that and fuck it up and be the one that stops. Mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. the cage where it it's like? All those bar like a cheese slicer. Yes. <laughs> All that. Would- yes. Oh yeah. With the paint of- in my memory, it was painted green, but that could that could be wrong. <laughs> that could be wrong. Sounds about but right. But it was so intense. Like she fucked up, and then all of commuting New York City foot traffic was like, we're going to smash you in this thing. Like, they just wanted to keep pushing forward. That's why I get nervous before I went down to the subway. I thought I was going to fuck up and all the New York people would be like, ha ha, he doesn't live here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still feel that way when I'm like ordering a sandwich at a deli where I'm like, I Mm. have to know exactly what I want and have to say it fast or else they're just going to be like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Everything there. Oh, what's the protocol here? Can I pet your bodega cat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new. I'm new here. <laughs> Is this cool? Or um, I went into a corner store one morning. That's one of my favorite New York memories because I only lived there for like a year for a similar as like an SNL job. It was the second season of the marriage ref. <laughs> anyway, so um, I left my apartment one morning and went down to the bodega And there's a very solid chance I was baked out of my mind. And when I walked in, there was a little old lady. And she was kind of talking to the guy behind the counter. And I was like, just don't even pay attention. You're going to be upset. Because then I was like, oh, this 90-year-old lady lives in New York City, like in Hell's Kitchen. Like, what is she doing? How come she's by herself? Does she need help? I can't get involved. Like, all these kind of city fear ideas going through my head. I pick up, like, three things. I go to buy them. And then she turns to look at—they're just having a conversation. Like, they know each other, her and the the guy ringing her up. And then I'm just standing there, like— wondering if I'm going to have to help this lady. And she turns and goes, are you okay, honey? It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> like, I'm good. She's like, oh, you can go ahead. And like, that's something I guess they did every Sunday morning or something. Aww. And I was like, I was interpreting the entire thing. Like the big city's going to eat this old lady. Yeah. And it's mm. like, that lady's probably lived there for yeah. fucking 70 yeah. years. And I'm the one, I'm just projecting yeah. all my own shit on, like, oh, onto can her. I, can I help you with your bags? And then she pushes you, you out of the way from an oncoming bus. <laughs> <laughs> Fireman cradle carry. You across the street, <laughs> gently leaving you in a bush. I do wonder what it'd be like to live here as an old, old person, and it must be really hard. I can't, unless you're like, you know, it's all you know, and then it's it's fine. But yeah, it's hard yeah. on the body. Yeah, hard on the body. It's yeah. not it's like, like a lot of vitamins. Not a lot of retirement speed there. No, no. Even at my age now, that's why I brought up the pigeons. I think I would be that guy <laughs> on the bench. 
That's what well, I— Well, because truly it's like walking down the street, you got to keep that pace. And that's not a leisurely pace, just Mm-mm. if you're just walking up the street normally. And then you are also touching like probably three people on average, shoulder to shoulder. Like the crowdedness, the pace, and then just the kind of speed of everything is so— di- I. It's so different and it's so like, yeah, I have to literally remember like take a multivitamin, you're going to be touching parts of the subway, there's things you can't control, like you have to brace yourself for it in a way that just, that's why it makes sense. Everybody thinks California people are like laid back and it's like, no, we just, we don't walk as fast as humanly possible up at the street and yeah. you don't have to either. Yeah, there's yeah. like all those scenes like in Tootsie or something where they just are <laughs> shooting and no one even knows they're on camera and people are walking, they're literally touching shoulders on each side with <laughs> yeah. strangers, just yeah. accidentally shoulder groping everyone. I, I could not, I did get, I, it's electrifying, it's fun, but I'm just not used to it. Yeah. I gotta do it. I gotta. I gotta move there. That's what I just said. Sorry, I keep making this about me. I would love. <laughs> I would. I'm jealous that you get to live there. So you great. can. Oh, you you can check it out. Yeah, you know, maybe. Things, yeah, I'll visit. I'll visit. Things <laughs> things are bad all over. You know, you might as well just try <laughs> yeah, on different yeah. sizes. Yeah, I'd love to just rate on scales of badness every yeah. city. Do you exactly. have you been doing stand up there? or Do you find you don't have as much time? Uh, late, lately, not as much, but uh, yeah. I'll, I try to do it when I can. I do it when people ask me to do it. I found that audiences there, like the jokes that I was most precious about or proud about that maybe didn't always work here, nothing against Los Angeles, but I, I found the audiences there were listening a little more. Do you find that to be the case? I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think because going out is a little more of a, a thing here too because it takes you know you have to go out take the train blah 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 everything's very intentional so i think yeah. people people kind of do listen a, a little better here yeah i'm at yeah. comedy on purpose this it wasn't <laughs> yeah yeah shoved into okay. my face because i yeah there's a lot of people you can't surprise people with comedy i think that happens too much here in yeah. new york, york it seemed like oh this audience is here because they knew that there was comedy that's refreshing yeah. Not like yeah. the Bigfoot Lodge where literally there's like screaming <laughs> matches between the comedy crowd and the bar crowd. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> like, fighting. Or shushing and counter shushing. Or like, yeah. I, st- I stood in the back of that room one time and I was like, the tension in here is palpable just for people to do <laughs> shitty eight minute sets. Like, what is happening here? Counter shushing is that is a very yeah, yes. that's, that's LA <laughs> it in was a nutshell. Crazy. <laughs> it was, and also it's like, there's no, it was not a separate room. It was just like, yeah, over just that in one the room. corner. Yeah. Yeah. People, just because there's a little raised area in a corner doesn't mean people are going to (laughs) automatically pay attention to that corner. But especially uh, if they're drinking there, if they're drinking fancy drinks, then it's just like the volume is off. Yeah. I feel for audience or I feel for people who get uh, ambushed. I do. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of rules, but I do want, whenever I'm doing a show, I don't want it to be an, a surprise to the people in attendance. <laughs> no. That's my main goal in yeah. life. 
not also, to surprise people. Any kind of live performance, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it's within like five or ten feet of you, has a has a intensity because then you, if you're for, like me, for example, like if somebody suddenly just walked up and like plugged in an acoustic guitar and started doing covers, <laughs> then I would have to look away, which is a choice you're making to kind of not like as a person that's done surprise comedy shows before. I know when there's, you can tell when people are loving it and trying to be supportive with their like face (laughs) or when people are like this, for some reason I feel vulnerable and humiliated Mm -hmm. now. So I have to look away and there's, and then it's, it's so uncomfortable when you're a held hostage to art. It's just not, it's not (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) Look at my paintings. They're just hanging them around you. <laughs> no, uh, I hate this. No, here, it's free wine. What do you think of my paintings? I'm eating pizza. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting to think about because the worst version is where you're someone and then someone's just starts singing. <laughs> Janice Joplin. Oh, no, that's karaoke night. But I enjoy karaoke. If I'm prepared for it, if I know it's happening, yeah. I like to sing yeah. it. I like to watch which people. Mean, which means if you're drunk. No, no I promise. <laughs> I've been going. Not you personally, just one. That yeah, the yeah, key yeah. to enjoy, enjoying karaoke is being shit-faced. Oh, yeah, other, yeah, yeah. And what else are you going to do when you wait for your song, I guess? It is a, uh, it's an occupational, uh, occupational hazard with being a karaoke junkie like me. That's why I love the bo- <laughs> bottle so much. I'm actually singing with a band uh, in three weeks. We're doing a bunch of punk rock songs, and I have to learn them and rehearse. It's at a skate park. Uh, Yeah, it's just songs that were famous from skate videos. Oh, sure. So I know a lot of them, but you know, Karen, I'm not a singer, but I can sing like that. I can mimic a voice, I think, for... But I'm already very nervous for it. And maybe it'll be a situation where people don't know there's going to be a band. I don't know. I think it's outdoors. It's not a big deal, but I'm very excited is it and nervous. Is part of an event or? It is part of an event. Okay, yeah. And the three guys I'm yeah, doing with it. They'll know. The guys, <laughs> they'll know. Yeah, they will know. Yeah. And the guys that I'm doing it with are all musicians, but I've never sung in a band. I'm just getting, it's taking it off a checklist, what, but I'm already what? nervous for it. What's Again, one of the songs? Get drunk. Yeah, get drunk. I might have to, Karen. I think <laughs> yes. I will. Get it's drunk. Only with, yeah, because or take some sort of a ADD pill. I think that. Well, that's but more if you're just I, slightly, but sorry, not get drunk, but yes. get a little buzzed so yes. that the thing most things don't matter. Yeah, in that moment, before right? I just start tearing into a very fast <laughs> descendant song, I probably should have a little alcohol. Just ease it up a little. Yeah. Doctor's orders. <laughs> I like your bit, uh, Claire, about what, going to Planned Parenthood to seem smart. Because you, because <laughs> I, I do that. I go whenever I'm at the doctor. I want to. I don't know why I do it, but I try and impress them with my terminology, using the right mm-hmm. terms, and it never works. And they're they always look at me like they're offended. But your version, <laughs> in your version, they're just like, "Wow, did you yeah. go to medical school?" I really like that bit. That's well, great. I've. I've started a in I found myself also in therapy like talking about things I've read in a book about psychology and I'm like yes I heard that about uh, attachment theory or whatever and the therapist <laughs> is like okay <laughs> <Or> whatever <laughs> yeah like, I've gotten more of the eye rolly version 
even when I've been right, like I was explaining, I had strep throat and now my joints hurt. And he's like, well, that doesn't <laughs> let me look in this book. Oh, yeah. A book that had the doctor's name on it. Wow. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess there is a streptococcal reactive arthritis. So that must be what you have. And I'm like, a little bit of credit here for <laughs> saying that. I didn't get any credit. I just got the arthritis. <laughs> but um, Claire, is there anything else you'd like to like talk about or plug before we wrap it up? Ooh, baby. When does this come out? I think it's like a month. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess I got nothing to plug. I'll watch uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Live on uh, 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 Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll get to hear it's my words. From New York? Is that from, it's from New York. Live from Saturday night, it's New yeah. York, the city. Yeah. TGI Friday. <laughs> it's, it's, li- it's living. Um, it's a very long I, title. I'm trying to think if there's anything, you know, just uh, be good to one another. Uh, be, you be, named be, your comedy album Let It Be. That's really I, one of my favorite <laughs> comedy album titles I've heard in a long time. <laughs> you want to yeah. hear Claire's stand-up. You look up her comedy album, Let It Be. But just uh, basically uh, stealing the replacements joke of them naming their album, Let It Be. <laughs> so oh, I think, did they? Yeah. Oh, that makes it even better. I told someone that recently and they went, oh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> In a condescending way. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so I've got this album, Let It Be. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of just farting around doing doing my thing as they yeah. say and um i'm happy to be here it's nice to see you guys yeah really Look, good looking spry it's been so long been so Me and so i long. go to new york i'll bring a board with larger softer wheels to deal with the rough stones you must <laughs> stone like roads and we will roll around you can show me the the mean streets i'm 70 <laughs> <laughs> But that, yeah, that's one of the things that excite me the most about uh, about that city. So take me skateboarding in New York, please. I will. Oh, you know, do you know, uh, Ken, you remember Kenny Hughes? Sure. Z- yeah. New York? Of course. My husband recently, he worked as a mover and he's like, this guy I work with, he used to be a pro skater. He doesn't skate anymore, though. And I'm like, what's his name? He's Kenny Hughes. I'm like, New York legend. Yeah. Escape element too. Yeah, moving uh, people's furniture—it's rough. It's rough, He's rough huge. out here. Uh, that he—he he did a demo in Missoula. That uh, so I saw him skate in person. He's a big skate. Most skaters are five nine. That's why I did it. Little feet. <laughs> you're five nine. You should skateboard. He's like a big, big strong muscle kid. I was like, yeah. oh, you're two feet taller than everyone else here. So I, I'm not surprised he's moving shit. Yeah. He's a strong, strong boy, that Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry to kind of uh, go no. off track of, of the ending, but <laughs> no, that's... I just had to, I had to bring that up. That's usually You're like, what can I... I wrap it up with one very special thought? <laughs> Kenny Hughes is strong enough to be a mover. <laughs> then we are all strong enough to be movers and work for moving companies. That's the point. And that's what's up. Yeah, find your inner strength. 
Thank you for that closing message. Really You're nice, okay. Claire. Yeah, so good Thanks. to see you. Good to see yeah, you guys. very good to see you too. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? T-Y-N. A-R. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by John Bradley. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) I made you yell and I just said it. (laughs) Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.